you have tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Second episode of Imagine If, an experiment in how we see comic books and how we see we can change comic books. This is when you mix your Marvel and your DC and you just make amazingness. That's right. <laughs> you know, we were huge fans of Amalgam comics back in the day. At least I know I was. Oh, I love that stuff. Okay, I thought so too. That sounds like a future Imagine If when we, when we bring them back. <laughs> we just make up our own Amalgam cast. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. One thing we do uh, want to talk about is how we come up with these ideas. It's really more of uh, storylines that we appreciate, I would say, more than anything else. Yeah, well, it's definitely like, uh, it's good when it's a classic story because it's like, oh man, there was so much amazingness that happened. And I, I think you and I, we both have the same comic appetite where it's like, Oh, could you imagine if that had been done in, like, Spider-Man's rogues gallery instead of Batman's or, you know, whatever scenario. And, you know, it's it's just taking these great stories and then us as amateur writers, you know, kind of forcing us to think our way out of it or, or you know, take what they did and see what we could do to change it with the other side of the universe. I like it. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, that's exactly the way that we put it. So if you're new to this podcast, which you might be because this is only our second episode. We're kind of new too. <laughs> the idea here is that we take either a story from Marvel or a story from DC or, you know, maybe down the line a story from Image or Dark Horse. But then we take characters from an opposing comic book company and we put those characters into the same scenario. Last, last episode we did Tower of Babel from DC, J- Justice League storyline. We put our own Avengers in there, or it was, at least it was the Avengers from uh, that time. Yeah, that publishing era, we, we put theirs in that company's publishing time for the storyline. And that's what we, we're going to be doing this week with a different story. Uh, before we get to that, is there any uh, comic book news that you want to talk about? Well, let's see. Right now, if you're out there reading, um, Marvel Comics is kind of finished with their big Secret Wars. And that is the big story that's going to... Um, update and change the Marvel Universe. How? We're not entirely sure yet, readers. So, if you want to get in on that, I believe they're on issue 7. It's, it's pretty good. Kind of a slow burn, in my opinion. Um, and then they're also releasing their new, all-new, all-different Marvel books. So, we have an all-new, all-different Avengers. Um, Spider-Man is now kind of like a Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark amalgam. And all these characters are going through different things. Uh, Jane Foster is still Thor. But now X-23 is the new Wolverine and items like that. So the books are launching. I, myself, I'm looking forward to all new, all different X-Men. Uh, I'm a Cyclops fan, so I'm going to be excited when that comes out. Um, on the DC side of things, we're still in the post-DCU universe. Y-O-U, not you, for understand. We're in Y-O-U, so DCU. Um, Superman's still going through his whole new power set and... You know, everybody knows Clark, spoiler alert, everybody knows Clark Kent is <laughs> Superman, not just us readers, but everybody in Metropolis and widespread. Uh, Commissioner Gordon's Batman. 
Um, gosh, there's so much going on. But the big thing that I'm reading, and this last Wednesday I thought would be probably my, my pick of the week, was the Justice League Dark Side War Batman special. Um, if you haven't been reading Dark Side War, I recommend go out there and get it. Um, digital... Uh, physical however you can just just get yourself a copy i know i'm getting a a spare set to have for people to borrow and read um it's an amazing story and in this issue they started branching off and they're going to do individual books and we have batman with the powers of metron and basically metron's this all-knowing new god who floats around in the mobius chair so can you imagine batman who thinks he is a know-it-all who now has the know-it-all ability (laughs) so it's just uh, i don't want to spoil the surprise for you guys but i highly recommend go out and get that issue check it out very worth your time now since the last time we recorded there has been nycc new york comic-con any big news coming out from dc or marvel at that point i feel bad I don't remember. I mean, yeah, I guess see, that's I don't how think there wasn't. There yeah, wasn't that, that big that, of news. That's not to slam New York Comic Con. I mean, if I was invited, and you know, if you guys want to send me tickets, I would love <laughs> to go, and I would, probably would have had the time of my life. But reading from comic book websites, the internet, I just don't remember anything popping out. Um, you know, maybe the publishers are doing a better job of keeping their spoilers, but they really didn't do anything to get me totally excited about what's coming up. Um, you know, when the monthly solicits come out, I'm excited because, oh, what's going to happen two months from now? But here's a convention, the New York Comic Con, and nothing really I would really say it's probably, you know, that's probably the second biggest one in the country. Oh, I'd say so. For the East Coast, that's their SDCC, I'd right. say. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there might have been, like, some new action figures coming our way. That was about it, you know. And so. I know I know I've talked about it on a different podcast, but I know I saw the trailer for uh, Batman Bad Blood, the animated movie. So that seemed... Like that, that or that premiered at NYCC, so I thought that was probably the biggest thing for me to come out of there. Yeah, they, those things could be fun. The the animated movies are always interesting. Um, actually, uh, I think that broke, but they did announce um, the Killing Joke. They're going to make that an animated feature. And, oh, okay. And that I'm I'm definitely excited for that. It's 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 a great story. Um, I don't know if it's been totally confirmed, but I want to say it's probably like maybe 90% true that Mark Hamill's coming back to be the Joker. Oh, man, they'd have to. You can't do it any other way. So hopefully that gets Kevin Conroy to come back as Batman. As, as Batman, all right. Um, one, actually, one observation. Speaking of toys, this was something that caught my eye. Um, so I was looking at online photo galleries for all the new toys coming out. So obviously we've got the big Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And they've got the action figure line. And we're, we're getting a... Um, Alex Luthor, based off the likeness of Jesse Eisenberg. Really? Yep. So his toy's coming. I don't know if the, the wig will be removable or not. Who knows? <laughs> um, but one thing I did find interesting, okay, and this, this might be a, you heard it here first, I hope, <laughs> but the Batman in the, um, the coat and the goggles from the, from the trailer where the, the scene's red and he's fighting all these Superman worshippers, the toy is called Nightmare Batman. So this is uh, this is adding to we're, we're going to definitely have some mind manipulation, I right. believe, in yeah. this. So I'm excited because I, I want the DCCU to do as well as the MCU. But I, I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid. Some of the way it looks, I'm just like, what is this <laughs> crap? You know, and I'm sorry, but, I, you know, I, I want Green Lantern to be successful. I, I can't wait till I can hold my... My Justice League DVD right next to my Avengers DVD. You know, I I can finally be like, all right, I can die now. Yeah. Well, I'm right there with you. I'm uh, 
this uh, March opening date for that movie cannot come fast enough because right? I either want it to be great or I want it to be over with, you know? Exactly. So I'm going to say I've seen it now. Um, yeah, I have my own reservations about the movie. It would make a lot of sense that that was that the basically the the Batman that that looks like the Gotham by Gaslight or Gaslamp uh, Batman, right? Right. Yeah, so, that's kind of their play on it. Um, so yeah, so it makes sense that he, he, they would call him Nightmare because I don't think they're going to be traveling back to time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something to point out. We we've seen mind manipulation in the DC cinematic universe with Man of Steel when Zod and Superman are talking and then and he has the scene where he's in the really cool all black version of the Superman costume and, and then he's standing above all those skulls and it's like okay so and I, I this, I'd have to double check but I think they both kind of have the same filter that reddish yeah, hues I think so. so that should be a clue to us as fans really good hardcore fans maybe I stress good but I like to think <laughs> I have but maybe that's what is something that foreshadows that phenomenon and, you know, last time when we saw that Superman in the black suit, they made a statue of it and an action figure. They were like, hey, let's let's go for it. So, you know, Nightmare Batman action figure, Nightmare Batman scenario, I hope. Here's to hoping. Uh, <laughs> All right, I think that's good. Let's, let's get down to the matter at hand. All right, the best part of the show. <laughs> so this week we are taking... Uh, the Avengers or Marvel's Dark Reign, basically. Uh, let's. W- what year are we talking here? Gosh, I want to say I feel like 2008, 2009, 2010. It was a big phenomenon across the Marvel Universe. And what was really bold and exciting about this event, it wasn't like, okay, buy Dark Reign issue one of eight. This was like the banner across all the Marvel books. Iron Man was dealing with the fallout. The Avengers were dealing with the fallout. Um, everybody just had to live in this new Marvel universe that was controlled by Norman Osborn. Yeah, you know this. This was uh, as you're saying, like you know, the every book had this dark rain banner on it. And, it, and for once, you know, in a long time, I was reading comic books that felt like they all existed. I mean, really, in the not just the same world, but the same moment, right? Because you have you would have you would have this the uh, the same newscast going on in the background of each comic book and people reacting to it in each each book, each character in their own way. And then one person that makes a decision in one comic book, say New Avengers, would the consequences or the the results would would show up in a say Daredevil, you know, that next next week. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember the one thing when Clinton Barton was running around as Ronan. And he just got so ticked off that Norman Osborn was in charge and, and all the allegations that Norman would say against the new Avengers. So finally, Clint takes it upon himself to go to the news. He unmasks himself and he's like, we're the good guys, damn it. Screw those uh, dark Avengers. Norman Osborn's got it under his control. And it was great because you would. You would see that panel in Spider-Man get played out. You'd see the, the Norman Osborn's reaction in the dark Avengers. And it did. And then what was awesome about that is that that had some of the the consequence that created the next event, Dark Reign, the list. When Norman Osborn's kind of like, all right, you made the list. I'm going after <laughs> Peter Parker, Clint Barton, Matt Murdock, Scott Summers. You know, I was like, oh, this is this was great. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was we are all in the moment, not just the shared universe, a shared moment. That yeah, was exciting. Exactly. Um, so I know you have the list of issues that we're talking about here. 
Um, not necessarily. I've okay. got more a list of the characters involved. But, I mean, if, if you're looking for it, definitely Marvel does a great job of their trade paperbacks. So if you're curious to see, like, okay, what did Tony Stark go through? It'll probably have a Dark Reign banner. Um, I remember Iron Man, his story was called Stark Disassembled because um, the, in the previous story... Tony Stark was the top cop. And then after Secret Invasion, everybody blamed the war on Tony. So Tony was no longer the top cop. It became Norman because he got the kill shot. He was the hero. So there was Stark Disassembled where Tony was on the run from Norman and his men. Hammer, which we never had an acronym for. We never did. Maybe that'll be a future (laughs) bonus for you (laughs) listeners out there. Um, And the the new Avengers, they were definitely going through it. So, unfortunately, I didn't come prepared with that. But I can definitely get you some issues to look up. Uh, That might be a good way for you to come onto the forums. We can always post some more information there. There you go. And please, as much fun as we have talking about it, and hopefully you have listening to it, definitely chime in. It'd be great to see your comments. Like, Be like, oh, man, Chris is so full of crap. I can't believe he thought that. Or be like, (laughs) this guy's a genius. DC, hire him. Like the man said, right? Well, here we go. Let me go ahead and just give you the the gist summary story of what happened in Dark Reign. Following the scroll invasion of Earth during Secret Invasion, Norman Osborn leveraged his success in defeating the scrolls to replace Tony Stark as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., as Chris already stated. Osborn simultaneously formed an alliance called the Cabal with Dark, Doctor Doom, Emma Frost, Namor, Loki and the Hood he used Hammer to carry out his own agenda and at times the Cabals. So not only are we going to be talking about uh, in this dark reign, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Norman Osborn's Avengers, Dark Avengers, and his Cabal, which was the answer to Tony Stark's Illuminati, which was a group of... Um, heroes basically that took it upon themselves to say we have to be the final say on on major things in in our in our universe right yeah he 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 became the new law he was in charge of shield dismantled it renamed it hammer and in a very sneaky ploy built his own avengers team to enforce what was right and not not only just uh, he took basically known criminals that he felt felt he could control, and then gave them the costume and names of of major heroes, right heroes up. that were you know in good standings and had deep roots in the Avengers. Yeah, he uh, the ultimate slap in the face, you know, because at the time he outlawed pretty much all our heroes, and then here he comes stepping forward wearing their costumes and names saying hey we're the better version of it we're the good version of it oh yeah that's <laughs> that's like seeing your ex-girlfriend with some dude you know and then some of the, some i thought some of the greatest uh uh dialogue writing or at least you know creative storytelling in this dark avengers era was when um the cameras weren't on these avengers and they were sitting inside the mansion and you could they're still plotting evil plans they're, th- they're talking about how we can steal these things and how they can still rob people and get away with it because they're heroes now yeah i thought that was great uh, the book he would be talking about would be the dark avengers book highly recommend going out there and picking that up i know it's available in trade paperback uh, i want to say i think it was like a 12 issue series written by brian michael bendis but yeah it was great you know it's like when we read avengers you see like you know cap and iron man sitting down talking about you know oh you know what do you think of the wall street journal or something and then here's you know venom 
and uh, Bullseye, and they're sitting there talking about how many people they've killed, and they're like, oh, we could totally rob this place, or we could do that, or we could, you know, we could steal these things. And, and what was funny was to actually see Norman in his grandeur come up and be like, don't talk that way. Right. You know, like, we're heroes now, damn it. You know? like, <laughs> we don't need to steal because we have everything. You They'll know? just give it to us. So why don't you go ahead and talk about what the Illuminati was before we get into uh, Osborne's Cabal. Okay, so right around the launch of the New Avengers, uh, Brian Michael Bendis released a, uh, a group of superheroes called the Illuminati. And the premise was right after the Kree-Skull War in the Marvel Universe, Iron Man called together a group of heroes. Uh, Black Bolt representing the... Well, Black Bolt as the king of the Inhumans. Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Mr. Fantastic, leader of the Fantastic Four. Namer, the king of Atlantis, Professor X, leader of the X-Men, and he invited Black Panther, the king of Wakanda, and they actually all met in the nation of Wakanda. And they were all there, and Tony's basically like, look, we're going to be the supergroup, since we all have a hand in everything. Mutants and humans, uh, superhumans, you know, humans with uh, uh, accessory abilities, and we need to be kind of a proactive force, if you will, to sniff out these invasions, these alien attacks, so we can prevent it from happening. Because, you know, if you read the Kree Skull War, they barely won. It was kind of just like, oh, you know, it it was 4th and 10, and they just had an amazing Hail Mary. And so Tony Stark is scared about that, because it's like, well, what if we didn't catch the ball? What if we didn't do it? How bad could that have been? So he forms the group, the Illuminati. And Black Panther, once he figures out, you know, oh, this is what we are about, this is what the plan is, he steps away. He's like, this is just too much power. It's too much power for any good. You guys need to step away from it or it's going to be bad. So that was his initial exit. So that leaves you with Iron Man, Black Bolt, Doctor Strange, Mr. Fantastic Namer, and Professor X. And then also, like, I mean, obviously, uh, from a storyline point of view, these are all the, basically the heights of, of their their game kind of characters you know is the, you got black bull who's the king of the inhumans you have uh xavier who's probably the strongest telepath mutant out there you know but from a writing standpoint you could if you look at these characters these are all uh representative of of basically the mcu with uh or not the mcu but the mu the marvel u with Xavier representing all mutants and right. uh, you know uh, Tony Stark represents uh, technology, tech, Avengers, you know, and uh, Cap- Doctor Strange is magic. Black Bolt is is space, and Namor is basically the the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> He's water. <laughs> He's water. <laughs> so, um, and to put out, into other perspective, this group supposedly, I mean, the way it's written is that. They made the decision, like, to have the Hulk go into outer space. Weren't they? Yes, um, okay. they're the, the the first exposure we get of them is a it's a it's a it's a one shot special, and basically they they all meet, and this is after Bruce Banner loses it and hulks out in Las Vegas of all places. So they meet and they're kind of like, yeah, we all love Bruce, but he's kind of a problem. So they decide, like, well, let's just take him, put him in a rocket, and shoot him off into space. And they're like, okay, um, but Bruce isn't going to go for that. And they're like, well, Bruce doesn't need to know. So they lure him, and they shoot him off into space. And this is where we wind up having all the fallout events of, you know, Planet Hulk, World, World War, War Hulk, Hulk, and World War Hulks, you know, and all that stuff. And, and then the, another, another thing is that uh, 
basically each one of these people from this group has at one point has their own infinity gym that they, yes because they wanted to split it up from the gauntlet so that no one person has all that power and each person has to take up their own uh their take their own gem yes um and they, they got a limited series and issue two deals exactly with that where reed comes to the group and he's like hey guys um, there's these Infinity Stones. They're kind of out there. We need to get them because after the Infinity Gauntlet event, they're like, Thanos, this nihilist with powers beyond imagination, got this glove with powers beyond imagination. <laughs> so we need to make sure that doesn't happen again. So they do. They go on a quest. They all get the gems. Um, eventually, they kind of... Uh, I forgot, actually. They, they, they just kind of set them elsewhere, but they would keep them themselves. And that comes back to play in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. Actually, his new Avengers book, which, good read, good read. Um, and we, we see the fallout of what's going to happen with the Infinity Gems, which actually, as of Wednesday, in the current Iron Man comic book, they are now the Infinity Stones. Ah. Um, so we definitely see some movie tie-in. Uh, you're going to see that go into the movies. You're going to see that play in big with Secret Wars. A lot of synergy going on there. Um, but yeah, right now we have each member of, you know, like Mitch was saying, the mutant community, the, the, the inhuman community, space, earth, all these things. They all hold a portion of the power. Now, I'm not going to reveal where the, the, the gems are currently in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cinematic, I, well, I don't know where they're at in the cinematic universe, <laughs> but I can't tell you where they're at in the comics universe because that's going to be very pivotal to Secret Wars. So if you read the first or second arc of Jonathan Hickman's run, you'll see what Captain America did. Oh, Cap, how could you? <laughs> so basically, I just wanted to give them an example of what this Illuminati does. They Perfect. Are, they're the behind the scenes, and they're, I wouldn't, I mean, yes, manipulating things, but they're also trying to look out for, they, their idea is that they're looking out for the betterment of everybody. Yeah, they kind of, they feel that they're the best choice of police, but it's scary because they're self-elected, you know. And then you got Namer, who's a hothead all the time. <laughs> for a guy who hangs out in the water, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then that will get us into the Cabal. So you think that was Tony Stark taking the initiative and getting uh, certain heroes together so that they can stop big things happening before they happen or react to big things like the Hulk. <coughs> we have Tony... Or, I keep wanting to say Tony Stark. <laughs> but Norman Osborn coming together and said, Oh, well, Tony Stark had one. I need to have one. So he, he comes up with his own Cabal. Who's in his Cabal? Okay, so Norman comes to power, and he does the same thing, thinking along the lines of magic, uh, mutants, space, and all these ideas. So he recruits for his group a character, The Hood, a.k.a. Parker Robbins. And The Hood actually literally just wears this cape and hood that gives him access to these demonic powers. So he would definitely be the flip side of Doctor Strange. Right, because Strange has... And every time when he, when he uses his powers, he says things like... By the eye of Agamotto, or you know, he has other other things. I don't remember what they are. It's always the eye. I think the eye <laughs> comes up the most. Yes, <laughs> but um, uh, he uses talisman. So the, the hood's talisman is his hood and cloak. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the next character we got was the Taskmaster, and the Taskmaster is. I would say that the, for the newer viewers and and whatnot, you you could compare him to Deathstroke. So the, the deal behind the Taskmaster is he has a photographic memory. So if he watches a boxing match, he now has that boxing ability of both fighters. Um, so that is just making him an insane, crazy fighter. But on top of that, he's greedy. 
So he basically trains all the henchmen, the AIM guys, the Hydra guys. That's what he does. He makes henchmen, you know. Doc Ock comes in, hey, I need a squad of 10. No problem. Here's 10 men, you know. <laughs> he's, he's definitely at the beck and call. But he's also a very good fighter, and he would definitely probably represent more like the, the superhuman community. Um, another character that was on the team was the White Queen. And the White Queen, she is a member of the X-Men. Uh, originally, she actually started out as a member of the Hellfire Club. She was the White Queen. They, they kind of had a weird Chesh fetish. You know? <laughs> so she was their White Queen. So she was bad, but she wasn't totally bad, and hence why she was white versus black. Uh, not to dismember any community out there <laughs> of any color. Green people, you're okay with me. I mean, eventually um, they even had the Red Queen, didn't yeah. they? You know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's Chess so it, it, and it's weird. Yeah. It's, but um, it's also Emma Frost. Yeah, and so and so she's kind of on the fence. But at this point in her career in a, a publication, she is the lover of Scott Summers, who is the supreme mutant right now. He is leading the mutant community. Right. Um, by this point in Marvel Publishing, it's no longer you know the X Men and the Brotherhood. It is the mutants. And it's the one ninety eight. Yeah, what? exactly. Okay, one hundred ninety eight yeah. mutants are left after the House of M event, the M Day event, and so. So she goes there at the at the call of Norman Osborn. Um, we also see Doctor Doom in this group, and Doctor Doom is definitely a very uh, a political figure. You know, he he's the ruler of Latveria, so he could almost be like a flip side to Black Panther. So he brings in a continent, a nation, a superpower of his own. Uh, Loki was also a member, and to remind our readers or even ourselves Loki was a female at the time he had um, taken the body of Sif no he had just made his body be feminine oh I thought okay yeah no there was there was no weird there was no twist it's just Loki's like hey I, I like breasts so, okay well there you, you know, go there you go <laughs> um, and then the big reveal there is we also have Namor is part of that team too because he not only could be uh, he, a hero he could be a villain yep he's a, he's a double dipper <laughs> but um, so he's uh, he's part of that group too so that makes up your cabal right so that's i think that was a it's you know that's a very good way that norman was playing our game he totally he he took certain characters and then he (laughs) said no i want my own characters and we'll put put them in there unfortunately couldn't make it to tonight's recording so that's why we didn't have norman osborne here in the studio to give us his you know yeah i'm totally a fan of the fantastic four so that's why i recruited dr doom (laughs) good point out i like that that's funny so I guess let's go ahead because I didn't do this part, and you. I know you went ahead and did it, but who is your DC Illuminati? Okay, so when when we initially threw down the challenge to each other, and and we 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 went our separate ways to go research our comics historia. Uh, part of what challenged me on trying to create my cabal was thinking, well, who would be my Illuminati? And I, I sat and I thought about it, and I. Identity Crisis is just an amazing story, and it was on my mind. And at first I was going to think, oh, well, the Secret League would totally be the Illuminati. They're already formed, and, you know, I'm pretty sure Bendis might have gotten some inspiration from that. So I thought, okay, that would solve the problem. But the one problem was there's no Batman. And I'm not a big guy who's like, Batman is Batman, so Batman wins. No, (laughs) Batman is just a very paranoid guy. If you read a lot of stories, you always see he's like, he doesn't just look at you. He's sizing you up. You know, when, when, when everybody's in battle and, you know, Superman grunts, he's probably taking note. Like, okay, I got it. That, right. that taxed Superman. <laughs> so he's that type of guy. So I would definitely say he's my Iron Man of that group. So he's the one who's actually going to make this team 
proactive. Right. So I wasn't too sure where to go in terms of publishing, so I just kind of left it real open, and, and I thought about which characters he would go with. So I felt he would recruit Geoforce. Uh, Geoforce is a 70s character. He was part of Batman and the Outsiders. He is a ruler of a country, Markovia. So it's, you know, one he's of those already... comic book made-up places. So he's a political leader, you know. Uh, he's got powers, so I thought that would be a good member. Plus, he's already part of Batman's Outsiders. So I think Batman, like, the bad part about Batman's Illuminati is it's not that he's recruiting you because he respects you. He's recruiting you because he's going to use you. Exactly. So I, I feel like, well, you know, with having Geoforce there, Batman has access to a country and army it's if almost, he needs it. It's almost like you can never say, well, <coughs> well, Batman trusts me. No, it's Batman knows how to use me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, not to paint him out dark, but he is the Dark Knight, and that is, and that's the way that we've we've known him in mo- most recent history. Oh yeah, I'd say the last you know thirty twelve years. years. Well, oh. not not that far. I mean, because one 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 story that comes to mind, <clears throat> it was during the Green Lantern Emerald Knights, and when Hal Jordan came to the future. And so Kyle Rayner took Hal Jordan to meet the Justice League. And everybody was like, oh, my God, it's Hal. Hal's the greatest Green Lantern ever. And I remember Kyle, like, just left. He kind of was like, screw you people, you know. And he goes home. And as he's getting ready to go to bed, there's Batman in his bedroom. Not creepy at all. But, you know, he's there and he's like, Batman, what are you doing? He's like, look, I just want to let you know you're still my Green Lantern. You know, I, I believe in you, Kyle. And then, like, Kyle just lit up. He was like, oh, my God, you know, Batman Batman thinks of me. This is awesome. <laughs> but then again, you know, we did have Tower of Babel published at that time. So, right. I mean, I guess it, it does vary on each writer's point of view. But I would say Batman had some trust. Um, I would say probably around the time of Identity Crisis, maybe 10 years ago, that's where we really got this Batman is paranoid. Batman yeah, because that's also around you. the time we got OMAC or exactly. the, the newest OMAC. Yeah, that's that's part of the response. Why? Because you know, he was like, "Oh, and, yeah. you guys, you, you you know, the Justice League is mind wiping people, so I need this power satellite out there that can watch them and you know create Omax if needed." <laughs> so, okay, Geoforce's power basically yeah. you could take from the name; he has control over uh, Earth, basically, yep, yep. like. Uh, ground geometric plates and all that yeah yeah, yeah. exactly okay so i I brought black lightning in uh i thought he would be a great member of the metahuma community um he's a very underrated character Um, but very intelligent yes very smart man he actually made it to the white house uh he was part of the political staff i think lex luther recruited him yes he was luther's secretary of education yeah so he's he's definitely a valuable member just not a valuable published comic book right Um, but i brought him in he would definitely be the metahuman uh, representative, and again, he's also part of the outsider. So I felt Batman would have a good connection with him, and also be able to manipulate him if need be. I brought in Martian Manhunter. Now this one's a tough one, but I thought he would be a good representation of space. Out of all the aliens that are out there, John Jones is pretty much the the most human. I mean, granted, yes, people could argue and say, well, Superman, he was raised on Earth, and you know, he he found out about his Kryptonian heritage later in his life. You know, but he still thinks human first. But for me, John Jones watched his planet die. You know, and again, that's going to vary because somebody changes his origin. Right. But the classic one I always think of is he he watched his family die and then he was brought to Earth. Um, So I would say he's seen a race of people kill themselves in their quest for power or greed. So he looks upon the Earthlings as, you're my new home. I don't want to see you go that way. 
So he definitely doesn't have any sinister motive behind him. And again, if you read Batman or if you read Kingdom Come, you'll notice Batman had John Jones on his team there. So this is very there's true. definitely good evidence that those two would work together. So I felt that would be who Batman, out of all the aliens, would trust him. And then being Batman, he also knows fire is John's weakness. <laughs> so true. I can totally manipulate that. Plus, also I think it was a great it was a great choice because uh, of how strong. Uh, John Johns is, or John Jones or whatever he was. Basically, his telepathy is right, it, and and though he never wants to use it against someone's will, Batman can manipulate him into doing it for the betterment of whatever. Yeah, I could see him being like, "Look, I'm only going to ask this five times, <laughs> so this is one of them. So therefore, it's very important." Exactly. And John, as reluctant as he would be, would probably go with it. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. That, that's one of my thoughts there. Um, a character I brought in. I brought in Mr. Miracle. Uh, this one's kind of a different one. I, I looked at kind of a a religious aspect, but at the same time, the the, the new gods are strange uh, because they're religious superheroes in a way. But the funny part about it is, if if we lived in the DC Comics universe, oh right, but if, <laughs> if, if we lived there, these people, you know, like Mr. Miracle and 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 uh, Calabac and Darkseid and High Father, Light Ray they would be th- thinking of themselves as gods, you know, kind of like how Thor is. But in reality, it, it feels like they're just aliens, you know? It's like, oh, you come from another planet, you know? Right. And not to say, like, Asgard isn't, but to me, it kind of feels like it is with the way the Marvel movies presented. Oh, that's exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. Marvel definitely so presented it that way. They, 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 they kind of, they, they, they have this religious aspect, but they're aliens. <laughs> aliens, as the History Channel would say. <laughs> so... With that, I just thought Mr. Miracle brings in a whole different representation, a different group. And plus the technology that is at his behest. I mean, these mother boxes, they're amazing. And Batman and Mr. Miracle, they did bond together during the whole uh, Justice League, Justice League International, Bwahaha days. So there's a kinship there. So I felt that Batman would extend a courtesy to him and say, look, I need you on this team. You know, I need you here. And my last character in this group, I brought Zatanna in. Uh, Because when I thought about the magical element, I was like, okay, who is a good magical character, but who is a good magical character that Batman could control? And the animated series played in, you know, this romantic past between Batman and Zatanna. Um, I felt that he could have her on his team. And the way he would sell it to her is it would be kind of her way of redeeming herself as being part of the secret league. You know, like, look, I get that you're willing to do what needs to be done, but they did it as a as a reactive. I want to do it more as a proactive. Right. So I could see her buying into that, and that would make up Batman, DC's Illuminati. Batman, Geoforce, Black Lightning, Martian Manhunter, Mr. Miracle, and Zatanna. I like that. And Zatanna, you know, the funny fact that you brought up about Zatanna is that the animated series paints them as a uh, as a, as one time maybe a romantic couple and could be in the future uh, because in the animated series they show that a young Bruce Wayne when learning to become Batman studied under her father Zatara to learn escapes and, and stuff like that. We And I say it's funny because thinking back when I read comic books that have Batman and Zatanna in them, I don't know if there actually is that romantic uh, exchange there or if I'm putting it in there because of... Remembering the animated series, it's true. Like sometimes I think that too, because when I read the comics, I almost feel like Batman would be like 
you know, like an older brother type, you to know, her. like she would have been more Dick Grayson, Nightwing's age. So they should have that a romantic interest. Yeah. But we, we see it with Bruce. And I think that's kind of maybe it is something like what a great idea Paul Dini had. Why didn't they bring this into the DCU? <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's one of those things where it's neat to put faces to the people that trained Batman. Yes, the comics have been like, oh, Detective Sam Smith trained Batman. But who the hell is Detective Sam Smith? <laughs> I want an adventure where Bruce Wayne was trained by Detective John Jones. I think that'd be a great that idea. That would be a great idea, you know? yeah. And then later on in life, it's like, oh, my God, it was you. You were this. <laughs> and you became that. Bum, bum, bum. You know, one of those types of things. So, in all this, now we're coming up to Luther's Cabal. Luther... Uh, has become the top cop for whatever reason. This is, I would assume that we're doing the, the this takes place after Luther's presidency. So he, it wouldn't be during, during his presidency that, that this happened, that he would come up with his, his own cabal. That's how I would look at it too. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would just say that's, you know, that's where I was going with it. Now I didn't come up with my own Illuminati for the justice league. Cause I just didn't think far enough ahead like you did, which I give you kudos. <laughs> Uh, All right, for the scorekeepers at home, <laughs> I currently lead with kudos. <laughs> so what I did was I took what existed already in, in Norman Osborn's Cabal and took and made counterparts in the DC universe. Whereas you took the the counterparts of the Illuminati and then figured out who would best fit them as villains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so then this you know we're getting a little bit uh, of two different types of. Well, I, I think this will be neat because it's almost like, well, your team versus my team. So, exactly. my viewers, this is where you can, our <laughs> listeners, I had the wrong word, wrong. Uh, but uh, this is definitely your chance to kind of chime in and say, you know what? I, I like two of his picks and I like two of their picks and or something like that. You know, definitely let us know. But I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what, what your thoughts were versus my thoughts so we could see, all right, what Luther would pick and why. You know, that's going to be the best part, the justifications. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, if we go up, okay, I basically, my, my, my choice, I'll just give you my choices first, and then I'll go back and explain why. I had Deadshot as, as one of Luther's Cabal. So it's Luther, Deadshot, Gorilla Grodd, Sinestro, Felix Faust, and Ocean Master. Wow, that's a beefy team. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking I needed the, basically the pinnacle of each one of these groups. So, um... Maybe Deathshot isn't the pinnacle, but he would be the one that Luther could control. Yeah, he could definitely he could control him more than say Deathstroke. Right, exactly. Gotcha. So he would be my hood. Okay, I believe he's not representing magic. He'd be representing more of the the vigilante type, the human that just has uh, either some type of tech or some type a of shooting ability. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, he, that would be Deadshot for me. Um, then Gorilla Grodd, as we know, you know, he's a super intelligent gorilla, has telepathy and telekinesis, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah. telepathy for sure. I'm not too sure about the telekinesis. Um, okay, well, I mean, he's still super smart. But yeah, so, well, even his physical mass. Yes, exactly. I mean, and super strong, cow. yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, And anybody who's, who's now watched... Um, you know, the first season of The Flash knows about Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> yeah, hell of a character. They used, they used him pretty well, and, you know, the CGI looked pretty good in the show. But that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. 
So that would be my Emma Frost. That'd be my person with uh, natural ability, a meta. Uh, next was Sinestro. So Sinestro obviously represents space. He'd be the counterpart. He'd be the... He's the one that's... He's got this superpower. He's got the a, a power ring that's limited only by your will and your imagination, essentially. And he comes from outer space. He He has a whole core behind him that could, you know very much well be an army that if Luther needed to and could talk you know talk him into it could use wow that's a good one <laughs> uh Felix Faust now it's very you know I didn't realize this but there are not that many magic users in the DC universe yeah I had a hard time there too right I, I so I mean all. I thought basically for a villain <laughs> you're probably your highest is gonna be <clears throat> Felix Faust there's not too many other villains that use magic I don't think no, um, it, it, and it's tough because you're, you're. I don't know. I, you probably hit the same wall I did because spoiler. I picked Felix also. Right. It's who is in direct control of magic because like some of these characters like Solomon Grundy. Okay, he's a magic user. He's magic, but he's like a magic Hulk. You know, he doesn't have control. It's the magic uses him. Exactly. You know, so I, I couldn't find anybody that is like, like. Let me wield this spell. Let me make this happen. It yeah, and the, tough. I think the the other person that I could come up with was like Abracadabra, you know, a Flash right. rogue, but he's more well, he's, he's technology. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, he uses he admits future tech it. to yeah. admit, like, look at my magic. You and know? I mean, yeah, Batman will go on to say, uh, "Magic is just a science we just don't understand yet." And I'll, I'll give you that, but at this point in our timeline, Felix Faust uses that that science to the best of, of as anybody else yeah, no, on I, the villain side. I agree with you on that one. And then we have Ocean Master. So Ocean Master, the brother of Aquaman, you know, he represents uh, Atlantis and royalty. Basically, he's he's got your. Uh, He's got your brutal strength and your pompousness, so I think that's that's who my cabal is. I like it. I, I, I like what you bring to the table because I, I agree with you with Death Shot. He he's he's good at what he does and you could manipulate him. You know, Luther wouldn't be above saying, like, hey, remember your daughter? And right. Deadshot is like, All right, what do you need me to do? Gorilla Grodd, their their greed plays into it with each other. Of course, later on, that's going to be a trouble down the road, but Luther's going to be a couple steps ahead of this. You know, He's like, hey, you're a tool. I'm using you. Um, Sinestro. Sinestro and Luther have worked together before, so there's some history there, but I like the fact that you thought of, hey, here's a ready-standing army. And like, not just any type of army, but I mean, these. this is like fear across the universe. So that is quite the nuke <laughs> at your disposal. Exactly. Um, Felix Faust, same thing. I mean, when it comes to magic, that's one of the wider known characters. He's given the JLA a run for their money, so good pick on that one. And I like Ocean Master because, you know, we, we always get a big joke out of our, our Aqua characters. You know, like, oh, Aquaman, what's he going to do? But, I mean, the world is three-fourths water, yes. according to the last sciences out there. It might be more or less. Yeah, with those polar ice caps yeah. melting, you know, it's yeah. going to be a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and so, and I mean, and then and you think about the way they write them, you know, because not only is Ocean Master, he doesn't have the Aquaman ability where he can control the sea life. But, I mean, he's got access to a ready-standing army. He's got a royalty. Plus, he's also got a little bit of, you know, the Atlantean sorcery up his sleeve. He does. You know, he's practiced the dark arts that their culture brings. So he's a very underused character 
that represents so much. So, I mean, if you were writing this, I'd be reading it because I know you're going to dig deep into that. Um, you know, Jeff Johns took a cue from that idea too when they did the Throne of Atlantis, which was also made into an animated feature. Right. Orin, or, or yeah, I think his name is Orin, if I remember correctly, but Ocean still, Master. Yeah, yeah that's he's, right. He is a very strong character when used wisely. When used wisely. Yeah, and then that, that's where the neat part about this is because you probably stood in Lex Luthor's shoes and thought, how can I use this character? <laughs> Fits in perfect. I like that. I like that a lot. So one okay, so then now we're we're getting your cabal lineup basically, and this and like I said earlier, it's they uh, not so much a counterpart to Norman Osborn's cabal, but more a these are the villains that represent your Illuminati in the DCU. Yeah, so I definitely so I, I sat myself in Lex Luthor's shoes. Uh, it was gross, um, but I, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, I said, okay, well, what what power could I bring to the table? Now I played a lot with Lex Luthor's hatred of aliens so i didn't really tap into space because ultimately i, I feel like he's going to be like all right you're you're too much of a freak you know his hatred for superman so that that kind of handicapped me um and then i looked at you know who he could control because it's luther so again i guess it really did play off my batman's controlled illuminati <laughs> so anyways um in, in my case for my my street level thug i went with deathstroke Yes, you know, I, I agreed with you on the argument of Deathstroke's the easier one to control, but I feel deaths are dead shots. Sorry, their same names you are know, so exactly. Similar. I know what you're so saying. Dead yeah. shot is easier to control, but Deathstroke brings so much more. You know, like I feel uh, dead shot's a good guy in like Arizona, while Deathstroke's a great guy in the world. You right. know, no, he is. You know, a, a, I came across that line too, and I was thinking. Deathstroke is probably the the better one that he would want there, but like to me, not to put down your your cho- choosing or anything, but to me, it's like Luther would be like, I need you to stay next to me, Deathstroke, yeah. whereas he wouldn't do it, and Deadshot would. Deathshot, Deadshot would be his personal bodyguard almost. I, I could definitely see that, um, you know. But again, it, to me, it's it's one of those things where my justification because I sat there and I, I I had probably the same thought you did, and. I went with Deathstroke just because when it, when it does come to, you know, the, the, the poop hitting the fan, Deathstroke's going to walk out of it. That's true. And so I thought to myself, if I'm in Luther's, who am I going to want? I'm going to go with Deathstroke. So that's that was why I went that route. Because, yes, Deadshot's the easier one to control. He's going to be the more loyal one. But in the end, this is a Luther who's like, all right, we're going to make a fire cell. We're going after it. So that that was mine. Um, my next member, I went with Black Adam. For me, he gives you your political. Um, his nation of Kandak, you know, he protects its people. He's got, you know, the, the, the dark powers of Shazam. Um, because originally, he was a different god set. He would right. say Shazam, and he would get, you know, it's like the strength of Hercules. He would get his powers from other gods. I, I don't know There you go. That's yeah, right. So it was so, set and... And uh, a bunch of other people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my my uh, my background is not history, unless it's comic book history. No, but um, so I felt he was a good one. He he brings in again a, a political power. He doesn't really have an, an on-standing army, but at least you've got a place where like, hey, we can all meet here. We're a sovereign nation. We can you know break some rules. We don't have to worry, and we got a place to hide. So yeah, if you, you come know, after that, us, starts a war. That's very true. And and you know he, uh, I don't know about the rest of your list, but he would definitely be like the namer of the group, from right? Because yeah. he could be on both the good guy and bad guy. Because yeah. he has been 
on yeah, the he's JSA. He's, yeah, you know, and he's got a lot of power. He doesn't need really need an army behind him. He can take on an army by himself. Well, this is a guy who could go toe-to-toe with Superman. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he's got the magic edge, so if a writer really wanted to go there, Black Adam could be the winner, you know? But So anyways, um, my next character, I went with Hector Hammond. Uh, not the crappy movie one. I'm going to the, <laughs> the comic book one. Now, the reason I bring Hector Hammond in is he's got that telepathy. So I, I thought about Gorilla Grodd. I really did. But I thought in my mindset with Lex Luthor, I was like, you know what? He's not going to trust Grodd because Grodd's a backstabber. He's going to have a hard time controlling him. So as much as... As much as you know, you were thinking about Deathstroke, I think Gorilla Grodd's going to be your hassle on your league. <laughs> You're you know? right. Um, because Grodd is a force of nature. So with Hector, Hector's got this ability, you know, and, and Hector's kind of a pervert. Um, in some of the comics, you know, the part of why he liked tormenting Green Lantern was so he could steal his memories of the time with Carol Ferris. You know, it's like, whoa, you. But Luther's going to be like, all right, you, you scrub, but I you got this power set I want, and... Hammond's going to be way easier to control because physically he's got no body. So he's just going to be kind of the guy who's stuck at home base, you know, monitor duty all the time. Right. Um, Then I went with Ra's al Ghul. And this one, this play is tough because, again, I'm setting up my team for, like, you've got Deathstroke, you've got Luther, and now Ra's al Ghul, here's three cutthroats. Um, So there's definitely going to be a three-way match. But... I feel Luther is going to come up to him and he's going to say, look, the enemy of my enemy. And that's going to be the sales pitch right there where it's like, okay, fine. We take down these superheroes. You get what you need. I get what I need. We're okay. And you I could know. also see, you know, I mean, Rachel Gould's big plan usually is he needs to reduce the world's population. And once they take out the superheroes, Luther says, you leave me America, you know, don't yeah. touch it. You can have the rest of the world. I don't care. Exactly, exactly. So I, can I feel see it. I feel he's going to play that, and and this is again where a, a benefit for Ra's al Ghul is you have the League of Assassins. So now you've got this army at your at your ready. And I think what would be neat to explore um, when Grant Morrison took over Batman, he had the uh, Ninja Man bats. So they managed to get Kirk Landstrom's formula mm-hmm. for the Man Bat, put it in League of Assassin Ninjas, and there you go. So can you imagine, you know, like, hey, let's make some, like, bizarro League of Assassin dudes. And, wow. You know, so I think Lex Luthor's going to be excited because now he's got all this cannon fodder to do his crazy experiments with. Maybe you could even see some, basically, in the League of Assassins, Super Scrolls. You right. can see, you know, assassin people with powers that are the combined of... Three, four heroes. Yeah, totally. That'd he could be, be like, hey, let me put this in you. And, and these guys will do it because it's like if Ra's al Ghul says to, they will. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun thing to explore. And I also agree totally with you. I went with Felix Faust. Um, when it comes to magic, I, not to say that he's not a respectable character because he, he is. He's, there's great stories with him. He's, he's a tough character. But in terms of magic use, there's not many bad guys. So that's what makes him even that much more deadlier. Because what's, what's interesting about him, the, the DC universe, when they play with magic, they do take on an aspect of, like, you're going to hell. I don't really feel that in Marvel. I feel like, oh, look at me, I'm doing magic, yay. You know, like, the only one who has any association would be, like, Ghost Rider. But Ghost Rider's supernatural versus magical. Right. Um, in the DC universe, when we had Felix Faust Jr., 
So he was the son of Felix. Um, he was just wearing everyday clothes, had sunglasses to hide his red eyes. And the reason he had red eyes is because he, his father, Felix Faust, sold his son's soul for more power. Right. And, you know, so it's like magic does have a price. We've seen Zatanna and Zatara deal with that. We have more of a religious aspect in the DCU. So it's definitely respected more in that regard. Felix Fast doesn't care. You know, he's like, screw it. You want my soul? I don't care. You know, yeah, as long as I have the power now. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I'm like, ooh, this guy's going to be, he's a, he's a good magic villain. So I felt, well, I couldn't really find anybody. That's going to be my pick. So once again, my lineup is Luther with Deathstroke, Black Adam, Hector Hammond, Ra's al Ghul, and Felix Faust. In the very respectable list as that that is. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so yeah, then then that's you know that's where uh, where we kind of I don't want to say differ, but you know differ. You know we we had we had one assignment. We took it two different ways. Yeah. So the other half of the assignment was to come up with Dark Avengers. Yes. Or Dark Leaguers. Gosh, yeah, that's a tough name. Like, what, what would you call them? I, I guess I didn't <laughs> sit down thinking that. But, yeah, you know, ultimately, you know, well, I guess for, for, the, for the listeners, they weren't called the Dark Avengers. The book no, was called the Dark not. Avengers. <laughs> um, they were the Avengers. So, I guess Luther probably would be like, no, here's my league. Right. You know, um, and he and would he definitely would, put it in their face. He would definitely stress that they were the Justice League of America. I could he see would, that. He would be that brand. He would want everybody to be... Okay, basically what I'm saying is Luther is the comic, comic book version of Donald Trump. He's going to sit there <laughs> and he's going to throw it in your face that he is all about America. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Luther. I didn't mean to insult you so badly. Uh, now I see the toupee connection. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what, what we have, there's a little summary for uh, Dark Aven- Avengers. Uh, the initial lineup consists of former Thunderbolt members and new recruits, including the Sentry, Ares, Novar, now Captain Marvel, as well as disguised supervillains Moonstone, portraying Ms. Marvel, Venom, uh, Mac Gargan, portraying portraying Spider-Man after being given a formula that resets the symbiote to the size it was when it possessed Spider-Man. So if you remember, uh, Matt Gargan was Scorpion. He right. uh, was given the Venom symbiote after, uh, not Flash, but... Uh, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock, thank you. And when Eddie Brock had the, the symbiote after Peter Parker, it was much bigger and much yeah, scarier looking. And, and, you know, the it, face, yeah. It, yeah, the face had the fangs and all that stuff. Whereas Peter Parker's uh, Venom was more sleek. sleek and just like in the tame, in yeah. the t- in the movie, Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Uh, so Gargan, when he got it, it, it was much the same. Uh, it He even threw in his own scorpion tail into his Venom. Yeah, every so, now and then that'd pop out. So uh, Osborn went ahead, scienced it up, and... Reset it back to the way yeah, it looked when Spider Man was. You can using. look for my team for the PR aspect. Exactly. PR, because no one wants to look there. Look at a scary Venom with a right. scorpion <laughs> tail. Uh, then um, he he recruits Bullseye to portray Hawkeye. So that which was very interesting because you oh gosh. you don't think about it, but they do have similar power sets. You know, being able to always hit their target. And one just happened to go one way, and one went the other way. Yeah, I thought like there, there's. So much that could have been mined from that. You know, like, I would love to see in the Hawkeye book, you know, Clint get his revenge. You know, like, you ruined my name. You went out there Very and did that. Very much so, but, yeah. 
You know, and, and even just the competition, you know, Lester Bullseye, he's a sick man. Very. So to him, it's like, <laughs> I, I want to show you I'm a better Hawkeye. So, yeah, like, there, there should have been something just a little bit more. But, yeah, what a great way to take, you know, essentially, you know, like you said, one went one way, one went the other. What a great way to take these characters with the same background, the same power set, and just say, one is ultimately good, one is ultimately evil. <laughs> and we're going to take the ultimate evil and we're going to dress it up to make it look like a good guy. And so, uh, getting on with it, the last uh, member would be they needed a Wolverine, so they took the disgruntled son of Wolverine, Dakin, putting him in the Wolverine's original uh, brown and gold outfit instead of his yellow and gold that you, or yellow and blue that you see in uh, or yellow and black you see in X Men. Uh, Osborne then takes on the identity of the Super Patriot, which was uh, a red, white, and blue themed Iron Man armor that was supposed to originally be given to. Uh, Captain America, right? By by Tony? I'm not too sure what, what its origins were. Like, I know it was just kind of one of those things when when Star, when uh, Norman was raiding Star, Stark's stockpile, he ran across the suit, and, you know, at the time, Captain America himself was dead. Iron Man has been discredited, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, I got a great way to put both these characters together. Here's this visually striking image, the, the Iron Patriot in red, white, and blue. And then it's me underneath it all. Mm. So I, I think it might have actually been his creation. Like, he was the one who was like... But I, I could be wrong. You know, Maybe there's something I missed. You know, why, you know why I'm thinking it was originally supposed to give him to, to, to Cap from Tony? Is the what if. The what if Civil War had ended a different way. Oh, okay. And in that storyline, that's uh, Captain America and uh, Tony both worked together, I think, after uh, Goliath was killed. And instead of continuing on with the, the fight... They just made better they products. Made, they and, made, yeah, yeah, and they, he, he gives them the, the Iron Patriot outfit. I think you're right now. It's kind of coming back to me. Yeah, because I think, didn't like Tony die. Wasn't that the twist? That's so what it was. Tony died in Tony's of, legacy. Ah, you're right. Okay. okay. So, okay. So, we're getting, on, we're getting a little off track, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. This is what we do. Uh, now we have Luther's Dark League. Yes. So, you know, basically the same idea as the Cabal. Um, for me, personally, I went with... Uh, the big seven of the of the Justice League. Good. And instead of making a uh, counterpart for the characters that were chosen in the Marvel universe, I just picked. I took the the big seven of the league, which is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, uh, Martian Manhunter, and uh, oh come on, why are you? Aquaman? There we go, <laughs> Aquaman. I already talked about how much I love Aquaman. That's a, that's the most ironic part about it. I but, had to wiggle my water glass in front of him to get him to remember Aquaman for the uh, the listeners at home. So we have the the big seven, and I I found counterparts that uh, you know wouldn't exactly be in his cabal because they weren't the best at what it was, but right. they they do represent the best of their power sets. So I went with, first, Parasite to replace Superman. Uh, Yes, I know it takes into account that he would have to find someone strong enough to uh, Parasite off of to get Superman-like powers. Luther does have contact enough that he could. I could see that. He could could have a whole banks full of, of... 
powered beans inside tubes that he would just feed to the parasite. Well, I mean, to give you something, what could be neat is like, okay, where where is Superman in the league? So maybe this is where it's like, hey, Luther literally has Superman and he's controlling parasites saying like, look, you only get to eat once a day. You know, that could be neat that, to take him off the plane where, you know, Luther's like, hey, where's your Superman now? He's not here. Right, because at the time, Captain America was lost. Yeah. He was he was dead, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Floating in time alongside Batman. Yeah. Magical bullets. I, I'm and- pretty sure the two of them were playing, like, cards or something. They were like, oh, what time period did you just visit? Yeah. Oh, you know. They just wanted to rest. help their, their sidekicks out and be like, look, <laughs> Dick, Bucky, have your moment in the sun. <laughs> uh, then, to replace Batman, I took on Prometheus. Now, there's a, there's been two different Prometheuses in the DC universe. There's the original, and then there's the guy that took over uh, the originals when the original decided to walk away from it. Right. And uh, I I'm I'm going with the original. I don't can't remember his name at this moment, but yeah, it was kind of low key. But I I know what you're talking about. Basically, the idea was he has this helmet that. Uh, Goes straight into his cerebellum, and when he puts in a different disc, he can absorb the knowledge of whatever that disc is. Say it fighting style, or uh, hacking abilities, or you know whatever it is. So he is the idea of, be, of Batman being prepared to the instant. He can right. take any situation that he needs. Takes out. Okay, it was the '90s, so he had com- he had <laughs> compact disc. Now it would be a, a thumb drive, a USB drive, right. and you know, think about all the information you can get on a, a USB drive now. And he oh, would be able Could to put that into his brain, yeah. right? I mean, if he instantly. had that, that port and just like bloop bloop, you know. I mean, think think of the Matrix when Neo's like, uh, "I need to learn Kung Fu right now," or you know, "I need," or or Trinity was like, uh, "I need to learn how to fly a helicopter." That's yeah, what this guy just, was doing. Boom, there it is yeah. at your disposal. God, him having access to his Wikipedia right there. Oh, it'd this be, is like, it'd be crazy. This goes so. back to the old uh, Disney film, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. <laughs> but this is like The Computer Wore Murder Gloves, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm And he afraid. gave a run for the, ju- the whole Justice League, oh, just man. by himself. His first appearance, he took down the JLA, which was the, the Big Seven, and then some. Right. Uh, he took down, like, essentially 14 leaguers. Now, of course, the good guys always have to win, so the writer puts in this plot device that eventually is his foil. But, oh, he was a hell of a character. And out of curiosity on my own aspect here, did you read um, JLA Cry for Justice? No. Okay, you need to read that because that shows how the original Prometheus came back and took the mantle back from his replacement. His replacement, right. Hell of a story. And even then, to promote the character of Prometheus... I can't spoil it because I want to spoil it for Mitch here. But holy cow. It was insane what it did. Um, beautiful artwork. Great writing. Um, unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, it didn't get to go as far as it should have. But they made it a seven-issue miniseries. Highly worth checking it out. Um, I've got my copy. Next time I come over to the studio, I'm bringing it so you can read it. <laughs> great story. Um, really great tie-ins to Green Arrow, too. Um, does a great aspect there. So... Great way to bring the character back, and I like that. He is he is definitely the the nightmares Batman has. Yeah. Uh, to replace Wonder Woman, I have Isis. So it's don't get don't everybody get up in an uproar right now. I'm not talking about the Middle East pack right now. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Black Adam's wife. At one point <laughs> in time, you know she uh, got gets the scarab that allows her to 
call on the power of the goddess Isis, and she has godlike powers. Straight, yes, very much. just uh, you know, matching Wonder Woman and uh, Black Adam at, at one point. You know, yeah, she's so, like the Mary Marvel, but for the Black Adams. Exactly, so I like that. Good pick. So she's she's definitely my Wonder Woman. Uh, Martian Manhunter. We go with uh, Despero. I believe that's how you say his name. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this is uh, one of the original Justice League enemies, right? Yeah, uh, JLA Justice League of America number one back in the '60s. The first villain they fought was Despero. Now, yes, the JLA did appear in Brave and the Bold, and the very first villain they fought was Starro. Right. But in their own comic book, the first villain they fought was Despero. Um, I'm going to allow you to tie me. I'm giving you kudos also. <laughs> so for the scorekeep at home, it's kudos to kudos. Uh, Despero. Yes, I'm. I'm totally with you. My anti. Uh, Martian Manhunter is Despero. Exactly. Perfect pick. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, to, to to go against the Flash, we have many reverse flashes and, and zooms and stuff like that. But to me, I wanted to go a little different. So I picked the rival, which is Ooh. Jay Garrick's reverse flash. Now, to me, he's kind of like the Mac Gargan of uh, this team because he... Uh, may not be well as known, but he does have the same power set as the the person he's reply, replacing. And they would be able to, even though he doesn't look like the, the current Flash, they might have been able to manipulate him. Luther could use some kind of science to make him look more like the Flash. Like, uh, at the time, would have been Barry? No, it would have been Wally, right? It depends, um, because we didn't really set a, a time period on this one. Okay. So, I mean, um, Wally was definitely running around, and Barry did come back. So it could it could be either one of those two. Okay. Um, but I like that. I like how it's like, all right, look, we're going to give you your shot. Put on this costume. Step it up for the big league. <laughs> exactly. I think that's kind of cool. So then uh, now we're on to Aquaman. And Aquaman, uh, we already used Ocean Master at, in the Cabal. So I think the obvious choice was to go Black Manta. Now, I mean, ob- he is a man who... Likes to fight underwater. He usually he he's the one that has the the suit and the the big helmet so that he can breathe and operate under underneath underwater. And I think to me, I think he would be a great replacement for Aquaman in Luther's Dark League. You could even throw him in an old uh, Aquaman suit if you want. You know, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. All right, I like that one. Uh, and then the, for the last one is the Green Lantern. Okay, so the obvious choice was to to just grab another color lantern, red or yellow or something like that, right? Right. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make it a little difficult, and it did become difficult because you needed. I needed <laughs> yeah. someone that could make constructs that would be similar to what uh, uh, the Green Lantern does, you know? Right. So what I came up with was Sonar, uh, the sound guy. Okay. Yes, yeah, he was originally an Alan Scott villain. No, the the first sonar was a Hal villain. Okay, um, he was the one who had the weird gun and the cape. And yes, he came from exactly. some foreign country, and then we got the the second sonar, who was a Kyle Rayner villain, and he was the one who just had like all that stuff mashed into him, and he was like, Rah. see now the one I'm going with is the one with the gun. Okay, he is older, but he would be I think with his gun idea, maybe even updated it to uh, be a little bit more sleek looking or. Whatever, what have you? Luther's you know? there, so yeah, he's exactly. gonna give him something awesome. He would be there to rival the, uh, a, a Green Lantern type character. He makes constructs out of sound, 
So I think it would be a pretty cool little twist and bringing up the idea of bringing up villains that you don't really hear about that often anymore. I like that. That's a that's a really good anti league. Um, I like your rival pick. That's an interesting one. I think that's great, especially in the uh, Matt Gargan sense. Yeah. You know, here's here's this throwback playing another character on another team. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like trying to pretend imagining. You know, I just I think that's <laughs> I think that's really a neat pick. Uh, Sonar. I like that because again, you know, you, you, like if you were writing this. And I know your imagination. You've got a lot of good picks, a lot of good stuff to explore. So it'd be interesting to see, like, all right, let's take this character, Sonar, who, I mean, in the the DC universe itself, when Hal Jordan was fighting the guy, he would appear maybe, like, once a decade. Um, Then all of a sudden he just completely vanished when Hal Jordan went through the whole Emerald Twilight Parallax Spectre thing. And they made a new Sonar for Kyle. And then we had Green Lantern Rebirth, which united all the Green Lanterns, started the, the, the rebuilding of the Green Lantern Corps and the return of Hal Jordan. And then we come to find out that Sonar's just been in prison this whole time. So it's like, there's a character that doesn't really get much use. And so right. it'd be exciting to see, like, all right, you know, this is where Luther could come and be like, all right, you know, Green Lantern is light-based. Uh, it's light waves, it's visuals, so you're going to be sound-based and sound waves. So that could be neat to play with it and see what you could do. Yeah. Now, a question I've got for you. Okay. Okay, so you're writing this book. And you're you're writing it to your artist. Now, are these guys going to walk around in their costumes? Or are we going to be seeing some really cool, no, you de- know, Justice League looking stuff? Yeah, definitely Justice League looking car- uh, costumes. I want I want Parasite to be wearing a form of the of the S shield just to have that type of uh, uh, mental breakdown. You know, just to have that that's psych out look that Superman would have to sit there he's chained to a wall that uh, the parasite comes and drains off of him every 12 hours or whatever and he and Luther probably puts a big screen TV right next to him so Ooh. that he can sit there and watch as the parasite wears a S shield and and saves people you know oh man that's that's very Trump like holy cow <laughs> alright I like that so um, I don't know if you were keeping up with your newer um uh, new 52 stuff but we were talking future's ends and i would think the, the the suit to steal now granted yes in this dc universe i don't think we're in new 52 but i think that'd be cool to steal that suit where it's it's this superman suit and it's got all the colors and whatnot but it's got this mask and so you could play with that definitely so I, so I can i can hide his face yeah so i like that which is which would be the big giveaway you know of of parasite because he's got that pink face oh yeah i can imagine luther could come up with something to to either mask it or you know uh, manipulate it somehow yeah i like that uh prometheus would easily be able to get into a batman costume maybe even an armored batman costume maybe even as bat costume you know i like that because fighting edge to it exactly because that's very much what prometheus is about and it would have the tech inside so that he would want yeah i mean could you imagine hooking that up to like a wi-fi set and the instant feed, holy cow! Oh, that's cool. I like the tech use. Very yeah. And Isis now her costume by itself is almost just a dress. It's a white dress with uh, like the female toga looking. Thing. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't change too much. I don't know if I'd put. I would. I definitely wouldn't put her in the Wonder Woman um, warrior outfit. Uh, I believe Isis would already be more like I'm my own person. I know you're wanting me to play this Wonder Woman light character, uh-huh. so I would I could see maybe uh, Luther getting her to wear a mixture of the two. 
So gotcha. it's maybe a toga with the color scheme kind of thing. I like that. Um, the Sparrow? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he would even... Be, like, Luther would even have him on camera ever. Like, uh, his, his power is all mental. Mm-hmm. So he could definitely project himself... To look like whatever he wants, true in people's eyes. That's in my how you eye. get, yeah. That's how you so get that he could he could definitely do it that way. I just don't feel like he would like he would be the character Luther would have next to him all times, and so that not only could he keep an eye on him, but you know he he he's not off concocting his own plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the rival, I already talked about that. You know, make it so that he looks a lot more like uh, current Flash. Gotcha. Uh, even though he's more of a living lightning kind of look um, in the books. Uh, Black Manta, I said, put him in an, uh, uh, an Aquaman outfit. And then uh, we haven't, I, haven't, I didn't bring this up. Most people do know this, but he is a black man. So I think that would be kind of an interesting look just to have him in the, the, the green and, and, and orange outfit, but, you know, a black man. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That'd, that'd be a, a neat way to look at... The Atlanteans. Right. Because for the most part, we do see them, you know, they're all the same looking person. So this could be a neat play and visual. Mm -hmm. And then Sonar, using his ability already to to manipulate sound, he could give himself a type of Green Lantern look. Uh, Whether or not it would be a Green Lantern symbol would probably not. I would see it more like a manipulation of a symbol. Some, something, but but it made it look like he's official looking. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I like it. That's uh that's really neat. And you uh you definitely hit close to home for me. I love always thinking of like an anti league. You know, like all right, here's the big seven. So who are my big seven? You know, shout outs the anti versions of them. And and keep in mind, you know. we weren't trying to create the um what's the the. Legion of Doom. We're yeah, not trying to the create Injustice them League, those or things. the Injustice League. Yeah, we were making a league that Luther could control. Right, it's completely different. Right, right. Yeah, and, and on that note, that's this is where I had troubles too, um, because I, I sat down and I tried to think about when I would have put this story into action, and I was like, okay, well, what what has Luther done when he has power? So DC beat Marvel to the punch with this whole bad guy top cop idea. Uh, back in 2000, they put it that Lex Luthor won the presidency. You know, Lex 2000. And you had Lex Luthor being in being the president of the United States, the POTUS. And that's scary, you know. Very. Superman is like, I have to uphold the law. I have to uphold the respect of this country. It's truth, justice, and the American way. You know, Batman was like, give me the kryptonite ring now. And then Luthor just checked him. He's like, if you come at me again... I will use all the resources of the United States to find out who you are. And you know, that's not even just that's not just talking about the like like the army or uh you know the military or the CIA or the FBI. It's talking about think about the uh, the political machine of it or the right? the uh, propaganda that he could put out there against Batman and to figure out who he is. Yeah. That's I mean that's how much power he was he was he was waving around yeah. and for us as readers we know how much of an evil man Luther was. Superman knows, you know, Batman knows, but these guys can't come straight out and be like, 
uh, are you people are all idiots? Why are you voting for this guy? Yeah. He's tried to kill all of us many times over. Well, he's so good that he's manipulated the people into setting him free. You know, it's like, well, it wasn't me. It was this evil clone or, you know, during the time of possession, it was all, you know. Yeah, he's done such a great job that I think that's why he's the ultimate Superman villain. You know, everybody would like, well, you know, Doomsday killed Superman. It's not just about killing Superman. It's it's keeping him in check. I mean, here's Superman, you know, the, the, the world's strongest being. And all he's got to do is just one punch and Luther is done. But he can't but do you that. But you can't. You're right. You know, because just... then you're worse than Luther. And it's <laughs> like, that's so great about this, you know. Because even, even if he were to do that, it would be Luther would still get the last laugh because he'd be like, see, I told you. This is what he, what Superman is here to do is just to kill you. Yep, you're just and, some alien who's trying to take over. So yeah, you know that's I've always seen it that way. I think. Yeah. I mean, with uh, you know what, who did it best? Unbreakable. I think they said it. The, yeah. the movie Unbreakable it talks about how villains always have this over exaggerated characteristic <coughs> or feature until you come ag- across the real true villain who doesn't. He looks like the everyday person. Yep. Doesn't have Luther doesn't have a superpower. I mean, unless you consider his his brain, which I would assume he does consider oh, his yeah. brain, yeah. but he 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 doesn't he doesn't fight Superman on a physical form unless he puts on his Lex Corps suit thing, battle armor thing. But at this time, you know, when he was president, he didn't really put that on that much. It's yeah, more he really it's wore the all suit. about the the businessman. The uh, I can fight you in the airwaves better than fist to fist. Yeah. Yeah, no, good, good, good lineup. I definitely, I like that. Um, like I said, that's always something I always, I always play with. Um, just because I want to chime it in real quick. So here's mine because I've I've been doing this for so long. So for me, if if I was doing just to throw this out there, an anti league. Um, obviously Lex Luthor holds the Superman spot. Joker holds the Batman spot. Um, I always go with Cersei for Wonder Woman. Uh, Despero for Martian Manhunter. Professor Zoom, the original Reverse Flash. Um, I'm an Ocean Master fan, and then for Green Lantern, I would go Sinestro. And that, to me, is the ultimate evil league. But I can't use that because they're definitely too well-known evil. But this is for my, you know, like, the final Justice League story (laughs) that I've got written in my head. I would definitely use it. So I loved your league. I loved your idea because it it chimes to some of the things that I get excited to see in comics. So I think that's neat. Good, Good picks. I like it. I like it. All right, well, let's see. Uh, Darkly, throwing in mind. So mine, I I played it a little bit different. So I I, I took the Dark Avengers model and I used it in that regard. So for me, I see uh, I see Lex Luthor being front and center. You know, he is the Superman of this team, and he's not going to wear like a an Iron Patriot armor with a mask. He's going to have his face exposed because Superman has his face exposed. Right. So he's going to – it probably wouldn't be the big bulky, you know, Lex suit. It would probably be something way more sleek, you know, really good looking. Um, And the name I came up with was Samaritan because I think he's going to be like, look, I'm just like you guys. I'm a humble servant. I'm doing the best for everyone because he's such a PR machine. (laughs) So Samaritan is his Iron Patriot code name. So that's what he's going to do. Um so what I'm going to do is his Superman, well, the Sentry, okay? So there was the Sentry character. So here's this being of uncontrollable power. Which is already an out, uh, counterpart to Superman yeah, in the Marvel exactly. Universe. exactly. So I went with Bizarro, the original counterpart. There you go. Um, but this Bizarro is going to be the perfect Bizarro. It's going to look like Superman. 
So, you know, so it's not going to have that genetic imperfection. Yeah, it's not going to be the, the, the white-looking thing. It doesn't need to wear a mask. It's going to straight up look like Superman. Because for all intents and, pub- and, and, and purposes, in the DC universe, people see Superman and Lex Luthor working hand-in-hand. So, you know, Superman himself is chained up next to, you know, whatever power reactor that's stealing all his power. And then here's Luthor cloating out this, this, this Superman clone. Um, then you had Ares, the god of war. So for my pick, I went with Black Adam. Um, again, already somebody who views himself as a god, who's mm-hmm, willing to go to definitely. war. And, you know, he's going to be there. And I kind of like the play because uh, you said Isis is like, I am who I am. I'm not changing my costume. Black Adam would still be there in his Black Adam suit. <laughs> he's like, I'm not changing this. This is who I am. This is what I am. Accept it. So that would be my pick there. Um, then they Which had, Ares didn't change his outfit. Yeah, he stayed totally his, you know, his iron... Mongol death looking war machine <laughs> costume. Yeah, no, he kept it. Um, the next one, I, I, I modeled it a little bit differently. So I asked myself, who's like a good Captain Marvel character? Um, and this one's going to be tough because he's not associated with the Justice League. He's more with the Justice Society. But I thought it'd be great as a slap in the face to Mr. Terrific. Ooh. So we're going to have Mr. Terrific, and it's going to be Brainiac in the, in the costume. So he's going to take over. Now, I know earlier I said... You know, Luther is very anti-aliens. He wouldn't do that. But he always, for some reason, pairs up with Brainiac. So I figured this would be his moment to say, look, I need the world's smartest man. And I know it's you. Even though he's not believing the words he's saying because of Luther's (laughs) line, he clearly is the world's smartest man. But I would take Brainiac and put him in the Mr. Terrific suit. And I think it'd be neat to see what's going to happen, the fallout from that. You know, what is Michael Holt going to think when he sees this? You know, like, oh, man, it's it's my responsibility to take care of the Mr. Terrific legacy from Terry Sloan. And now here's Brainiac. And again, we won't know it's Brainiac. You know, so it's going to be like, who the hell is this guy? Um, then there was Moonstone playing the part of Miss Marvel. So Luther is going to go to a character that we haven't seen in a while, Maxima. Ooh. And he's going to tell her, I'm giving you the opportunity of a lifetime. I want you to be Wonder Woman. I want you to be part of my team. Bring your powers and help me do what the heroes wouldn't do. He's going to sell it to her on the whole rah, 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 do the right thing. And she's going to buy it because at her heart, she is a warrior. And he's going to manipulate her with his bizarro Superman. Because the whole reason why Maxima ever came to Earth was because she wanted to find the perfect mate. Superman would be that. So he's going to be like, hey, you know, Superman's got the hots for you. He's on my team. I'm putting a good word for you. You know. Um, Looking next, you had, you know, the Matt Gargan Venom playing the part of Spider-Man. Well, again, you know, with people dressing themselves up differently, I went with Hush. Uh, Tommy Elliott, at this point, has made himself look like Bruce Wayne. So he's Batman. Yeah. He's he's a very smart man. He, He put Batman on a run for his money. Um, so I thought, hey, why not? Why don't why not let him have the chance to play the part full time? So he's gonna have that. So there's your Batman right there. Now I did take Deathshot. After all, he will become Green Arrow. Ooh, he's gonna be very. my Bullseye Hawkeye, Deadshot, Green Arrow. I like that. You know, that. Thank you. That's a very good choice right there. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna be out there in the Green Arrow thing, and I think what's gonna be fun for the hardcore comic book fans. So, Deadshot's known for his mustache. Yes. He's going to have to grow out the goatee. No, I see him not growing it out. Like, yeah? he, he keeps the, the, the porn stash, and it's <laughs> very contrast to uh, Ollie Queen's, you know, golden goatee. You know, that'd be 
that's hilarious just to think about. All right, then no, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll, is so he, the okay, goatee versus the stash? The idea, uh, the one thing I have to ask you before you go on, is he wearing uh, the Robin Hood hat thing, or is he is he actually wearing a uh, Green Arrow hood like like type of uh, costume? Well, which I w- costume would he go with? So I would see it as uh, the way Green Arrow would be running around. He's going to wear his classic Neil Adams green, uh, sorry, Robin Hood costume. That okay. one. So I see. Uh, Deadshot wearing the longbow hunters one, the one with the hood, because you know it, it's Lawson, right? What's what's the first Floyd one? Lawson? Floyd Floyd Lawson. Floyd, you know he's Lawson. okay with hiding behind stuff. And look at his costume, right? You know, and I think it would be even funny just on a visual aspect because Green Arrow, when he first was created, he ran around in this. I guess it would be a Robin Hood costume. Yeah, and with then, the weird hat kind of thing, yeah. the pointy hat. And then uh, Neil Adams came along and made it a little bit more street smart, sensible, and you know they just kind of evolved it more and more. Um, uh, Deadshot, when he first came out, he was in a suit, like a tuxedo with a cape and a top hat. That's right. I so forgot about that. It's funny to see how their costumes have evolved from like this, <laughs> this you know cheap cheap circus act to this hardcore hero villain, and then now what they're wearing. So I would say I would put Floyd in the longbow hunter's costume with the hood up there and the kind of, you know, like rugged mountain man-esque look to it. And then the porn stash to boots. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not going to dye it blonde. He's totally keeping it Get his it? color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then my next one. So you have the Dak and Wolverine. So I was like, okay, I, I need some strength. I need some really big strength. So I thought this would be cool. Bane... But he's Hawkman. Wow. So Luther's going to come at him and say, hey, I can figure out this whole flying harness so you can walk around big bare chested and now you have a set of wings. <laughs> so we're going to have this crazy Bane Hawkman. So he trades in his Lucha Libre mask for a Hawk mask. Yes. So in, in this, in this uh, scenario, Luther doesn't just give him some nth metal that... He happens to have found or took from Hawkman. He, he's going to figure out a way to give him a flying apparatus. I, I could go either way. I mean, I would love to. I would love to say it is the nth metal, but it's one of those things. Like just because he's the top cot, I don't know if he'll have access to everything. Right. So I imagine the heroes would be like, "No, the nth metal. We got to find a way to hide it." So I'd like to say Luther would give. You know, would do something like wow. he'd find a way. Like who knows? Maybe it's even just like, hey, where are these fake wings? Because this venom solution I'm going to give you actually gives you flight ability. Ooh, you know, it could be something neat like that. I just, I just love the idea that you know, venom or Bane running around with wings and an nth metal mallet. You know, or uh, right, Morning Star, the mass, or whatever. Yeah, the, or, yeah, the mace, yeah, mace, and uh, and you know, because it's been seen that because. That's it, the the properties of nth metal is almost magical that it can it can hurt Superman to a point. Yeah. So I would just think that'd be pretty awesome to see Bane being able to hit Superman and have it be effective. And I, <laughs> I like this. I have a panel in my head. So picture the the Hawkman mask, but it's gonna have like a full coverage because that's Ooh, how Bane rolls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're gonna see the three little holes in the back of the helmet. That lead to one tube that leads to Hawkman's right arm. Because uh-huh. that's how Bane has his harness. Right. So obviously he's probably a dominant right-handed guy. So the first time he's using that mace and he goes to give it a full swing, 
pop, he pops his tubes. He's like, what the hell is this? You know, and they didn't account for, oh, yeah, that's right. He's such a junkie, but he's going to be all hyped up, you know, so he's going to. He's gonna he's gonna pop his load the first round, for lack of a better term. He's gonna he's gonna bust his hardness. So that's where it's like, okay, you need to rein it in a little bit. But yeah, I thought, man, how crazy a flying bane hawk, man. So okay, and I, that's the end of it, right? That's yeah, that's that'd be my is. lineup. Uh, so for the other people that we didn't talk about costumes for, what what are we thinking here? Okay, so let's see. So like I said, Luther would wear like his his a condensed version of his armor, it's almost like an Iron Man armor, probably yeah. maybe even slimmer. <laughs> yeah, like even more. Uh, it would definitely be streamlined. Yes, totally streamlined, exposed face. Probably his purple, uh, green colors. Well, no, I think he'd have to dress it up. So I guess in honor of Norman Osborn, he's going to have some red, white, and blue motif. I would, I would believe that would be the best shot right there. Um, the Bizarro is totally going to straight out wear a Superman costume. He's going to look exactly like Superman because that's going to be part of Luther Sell's pitch to the world. I've got Superman. Him and I put aside our differences. We're working for your benefits. But I, I, I have to, I have to make you stretch. I need to see a different one than just the the straight up uh, gold and and or and red S shield. I want, I want to hear a different, a different costume. Huh. Okay. All right. Here's what I'm thinking. Then. Okay. Let's do. I'm gonna. Let's get rid of the cape. Luther okay. doesn't wear a cape. He's gonna think capes are stupid. He's watched Incredibles um, too many yeah, times. Exactly. And capes are dumb. So he's gonna he's gonna get rid of the cape, and let's replace our yellow with white. That way, it's really a red, white, and blue motif. Okay. Kind of falling in line with um, this theme know, that with, Luther with Luther's wants, theme. Yeah. So I could see that. Um, again, I really like the exposed face because that that sells that right. Superman. I get you. So I, I guess I'm kind of looking at picture the Superman suit, dump the cape. White belt, white fillings in the Superman S, you know, something like that. Okay, I like it. So I, I, Simple, but yeah, that's what I got. Black Adam, he's not changing for anybody, he's not. so he's there. Uh, Brainiac's going to wear a Mr. Terrific outfit. So I kind of want to do, I do like the visual that the Michael Holt uh, Mr. Terrific has. I like the jacket that's fair play and the T-face. I just think that's so cool. So Brainiac is definitely going to go for a humanoid look. So, you know, white guy, black guy, I could care. You know, it, it doesn't matter to me. And he's going to have, he's totally stealing that T, mm-hmm. that T mask. He's stealing it. Um, I could care less about the colors, but I, I want to play it a little bit different. So while Mo- Michael Holt's Mr. Terrific looks like a street thug, this Mr. Terrific is going to totally have, like, a gentleman's suit. Okay. I like it. So it, it's going to have, you know, a nice dress coat instead of a sports coat. And a vest. Yeah. And, you know, so he's maybe even a, a pocket watch kind of coming off yeah. of there. I like he's it. He's totally going to have, but he's going to have that T-face. And, you know, I could care. Like I said, you can keep him black, make it look like, you know, maybe it even comes out of the premise that, hey, I am Michael Holt. I am the brain. Ooh, I am the he takes Mr. on the Terrific. identity all, all together. Yeah, okay. So he goes there. Uh, Maxima as Wonder Woman. I would say I kind of like – I want to picture Wonder Woman's costume but with a cape because Maxima has that cape. Um, as I say, Wonder Woman's costume but a little bit more sluttier because the Maxima character was very slutty. But no disrespect, but the Wonder Woman costume is kind of a barely there outfit. <laughs> kind of is. Um, so I think I would probably go with the whole, you know, the Wonder Woman bikini one-piece type outfit with the big white cape over it. Okay. So that's where I would give that. Um, Maxima would definitely have her tiara and her big long red hair. Um, 
the Batman hush combo. So here I see... Now you have a lot of Batman costumes to choose right. from. He's changed his outfit oh, so God. many throughout the years. So. Yeah. What, what kind of, which one of the outfits would you say? I mean, you don't, need to, you don't need to change it to make it look different. Just You can just pick one of the ones that have already existed, just not the one that's most common now. Well, what could be neat uh, for maybe a little bit of a shout out to somebody. So Hush was co-created by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. So maybe he could be wearing the Jim Lee Batman outfit. Okay. That could be neat. Um, but I kind of, yeah, I think that's the best I got. He would definitely wear the Jim Lee Batman. So he wouldn't be hiding in the shadows wearing an all dark costume like Bruce typically would. He'd be more of like an exposed Batman who's like, hi, I'm here. I'm the one who marches in parades and gets the key to the city. So I think that's a good looking costume that he would wear there. So I'd do it kind of as a shout out to Jim Lee. Like, hey, here's your character playing the character. Okay. Um, The Deadshot Green Arrow, we talked about that. He'd wear the longbow hunters hoodie costume. And then um, Bane's already exposed chest kind of guy. So I would say when I describe it to my artist, I'd say think Hawkman, but... Upper bulk city, right? With a closed mouth hawk head, right? And then the three pipes or tubes leading out to the right arm gauntlet to give him his venom juice. Like so that's it. what I would see there. So that would be Lex Luthor's Dark League, or you know, for right. us we'll call it the Dark League, but for him it's the Justice League <laughs> of America. Of America. <laughs> wow, two very powerful and. Very different leagues, you know, lineups there. Yeah. So uh, I have to once again pat ourselves on the back because I think we did a great <laughs> job. Um, I, 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 I don't know. We, I, there's not much more that we can go on with this. Uh, we've gone on for quite a bit. Uh, so <laughs> let's go ahead and start wrapping it up. Uh, what are we looking at to do for next? First, anybody that wants to talk to us about these creations that we do, because this is not where we stop with this. We go on and start talking about storylines, oh how gosh. it affects future storylines, things that we know are going to happen eventually. If you want to listen to us 24-7, uh, <laughs> help us this way we don't have to go to work, and we could just sit here and we could spin out so much, you know, because it's, yeah, it's, you know, like, okay, you know, what would this be like then from the Dark Reign went Siege? So then how does the fall of Luther happen? You know, how right, does that go? Exactly. And, oh, yeah, exactly. Like the man said, we could keep going on and on and on. <laughs> this, is, this is us hanging out. You, we're just inviting you to come listen to a snippet of what we talk about when we're hanging out. I so mean, you, is... can, you can uh, you know, get a hold of us on our forums at geekeliteradio.com. They, we, we have a special forum just for Imagine If, if you want to go in there. But there's all, all kinds of other forums. If you just want to talk to us directly, you can also do uh, imagine if at geeklyradio.com as email. Just send us send us that, and we can we'll write write you back as soon as we get that uh, at geeklyradio uh, on Twitter um, and facebook.com backslash geeklyradio. We have Facebook because you know all everybody has a Facebook. Yeah, you know if you want to turn it off, that's your your prerogative. That's what I try to do, but. Always brings you right back in. Pulling me back in, (laughs) but we we answer lots of stuff there. So next week or next episode, what are we going to be talking about? What storyline are we talking about this time? Okay, so this time it's my challenge that I throw out there. So I'm going to present Mitch with. I am taking one of the best hardcore summer action film stories out there. 
JLA's Rock of Ages. <laughs> this was written by Grant Morrison, drawn by Howard Porter. Um, it comes from the JLA comic book series. It was issues 10 through 15. A little bit of a slow burn, and then it turns into this story, it turns into that story, and then it has a crazy conclusion. Um, a great Joker moment in there. So if you listeners would like, if you want to join us, read issues JLA 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, and come up with it. So the challenge is we're going to take the JLA story, Rock of Ages, and we're casting it in the Avengers. So we're going to put it in their style. Um, I guess the question is to set up the rules, and I'm okay with this. And we, we kind of talked a little bit about it beforehand. But should we set it at time of publication or set it in the current Marvel Universe? So I'm going to let you have that part of the challenge. Okay. Um, I think normally we do in time of publication. Uh, I really like that idea because it, it puts an extra stipulation on us or an extra rule. The, the other side of me wants to take the current uh, Avengers just so it would be easier. So we're going to do time of publication just because I don't want to take the easy road. All right. So to give you a heads up. So let's see. That was issue JLA 10. This was the Heroes Reborn Ooh. Avengers universe. All right. Wow. This just <laughs> got interesting. Uh, this was an era of Avengers that I didn't read. I didn't really get into it. Um, being, you know, only so much money at the time and. Wow. Okay. I, I'm excited. So we are going to take JLA's Rock of Ages and we're going to cast it with the Heroes Reborn, Heroes Reborn Universe and put that storyline in there. So that'll, that'll definitely be interesting. So, all right. So next time we meet, that's what we're going to be talking about. So please feel free to come up with your own list. Um, hey, if you're an artist, draw some of this stuff. If, uh, you know, I, I know I say this every time, but God, I, I, I have such a visual mind but my hand does not comply. I can't draw worth crap. So it would be fantastic if some of you are out there, like, you know, draw your version of the Luther Samaritan suit. Uh, let us see what, you know, what, what, what rival would look like in a Flash costume. You're, you're more than welcome to put it up there, post it on the forums, uh, post it on Facebook. And if, um, you, if you email it to us, I can, I, you know, you might be able to get some compensation for it because I know no real artist likes to try and just do things for uh the exposure because that's that's bull you know we all work for a living we all want to you know get it out there so you know there might be something in there for you yeah we'll try we'll we'll, we'll, we'll start, definitely try we'll start rating the couch cushions right now and see what we can find <laughs> um but please please join us um and as always this is great um comic books it's a fantastic escape it gives you such a wide universe of of thoughts to think about and for myself and mitch we have such great conversations about comic books. We've loved this stuff. It's probably what's helped us make the men that we are, for good or bad, but mostly good because we're good guys. We try. And it's just exciting to sit down with a peer and talk to them and pick their brain about these stories that we hold near and dear. So definitely, you know, come listen to us next time where we take the JLA Rock of Ages and put it in the Avengers Reborn universe. Um, and also, you know, if you guys want, if you're so bold and you want to pick our brains, throw a challenge our way. I think that'd be exciting because it's going to kind of put us on a spot. So it'll That's be right. fun I mean, to you, take If you're it. listening to this, you're probably a, a huge comic book reader too. So give us a, a shout out, you know, send it to us through any social media, hashtag it, imagine if, and we, you know, we should be able to find it. Or you can, uh, if you, if you're on Twitter, you go straight to me. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. And Franey is under 
I things I should s h u d things I should say on Twitter on Twitter so you can definitely find me there. Um, definitely, you're you're probably going to get a hold of me better on the Geek League Facebook. Uh, I, I get to troll there more often than I do the Twitter sphere. <laughs> I, I have yet to understand it. It's a neat place, but I, I'm too I'm too old school for it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but definitely, we look forward to it. And you know, think outside the box, please. It's fun. Uh, I know one of the challenges I'm going to cook up is. Are one of the, the conversations we had to let you in our personal lives. You know, it's it's kind of fun to, to cast our heroes and things. So it, it'd be kind of neat to say, like, all right, you know, who's the Dirty Dozen in the DC Universe? So take the movie The Dirty Dozen, and now you got to set these characters in that World War II setting. That could be fun. So please, you know, throw something out there. You know, who who's the Beatles of the Marvel Universe? <laughs> wow. you know, like, oh, my God, you know. Wolverine's Ringo? What kind of <laughs> madness is this? Who's the Magnificent Seven in the Justice League, you know? Or, yeah, or, all that stuff. I love, to, I love to hear this. So, yeah. uh, I think that's it for tonight. Um, I'm Mitch. and I'm Chris. And till next time, I'm just going to say, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.